0: I started my sermon series on Ephesians last week. Last week, a lot of it was just uh, just giving you guys context about if Ephesus and what was happening in Ephesus, what was happening to the, the church that was there, and, and Paul's interactions with them. And so, uh, just a little bit recap is that Ephesus was a very special church, and a special location for Paul. So on all of his missionary journeys, he would stay like a few months here, maybe a year here. But in Ephesus, he actually says that he stayed there for three years was preaching the gospel and he was equipping the saints that were in ephesus uh and and just like amazing things started to happen like miracles where you know i talked about the handkerchief like he would you know take a handkerchief and wipe his brow and then people would take that and take it to a sick person and they'd be healed and like demons would be cast out just through a handkerchief or an apron right and so these amazing things are happening and uh he re- I, I i feel like it was a church that was very special especially on his heart and we re- read in acts 19 where um, you know, Paul. He knows that he's about to be in prison. You know, he, Holy Spirit is saying, like, you're gonna go to Jerusalem, and uh, you, they're gonna imprison you, but you're gonna go anyways. And Paul's like, okay. So, you know, and he knows, and, and his goal is to to get to Jerusalem, spend Pentecost there, go to Antioch, say what's up, and then get arrested and be like, hey, you know, I'm here. Um, but as he's going, he he gets near Ephesus. And he just can't, like, just pass them by without saying something to them. But he, he knows he wants to get to, to Jerusalem in time. And so um, he doesn't go to Ephesus, but he calls the, the elders of Ephesus to come and say, hey, you guys come. And he, he just he just empowers them. He equips them. He's like, dude, I've been with you guys for three years. And you guys know what's up. I've empowered you. I've equipped you. The Word of God has been spreading. It says all throughout Asia. He said he preached to everybody. right? He knows that this church... Is equipped and empowered to do the work of God, and and it's like it's like it's a bit it's, at the end he cries, he's like, ah! and everybody the the elders are crying, you know, and they and then they just they say goodbye. And so it's really this special church, and as he writes this book, it really is a book of encouragement. You know, there's no there's it's not a book like the other the letters that he writes like Galatians where he's trying to tackle a, a wrong mindset, like Corinthians where he's tackling wants to tackle immorality, but it really is. An encouragement, saying, like, this is your identity. This is who you are. This is what you need to continue your path on. So it really is a special book. It's, and and um, it, it really is, like, the, the, um, the most perfect, like, book in the Bible, I feel, to do a series on. Um, every, I think every preacher loves to do, would love to do a series on Ephesians because Ephesians it's so, like, well-prepared. And, and it, it really is a blessed book. Um, and so I started this series. I really believe that as a church, we were a church like Ephesus, where we really were equipped, uh, and we really were on fire, and we're, God was doing really amazing things. But just like in the in Revelations, um, where Jesus, you know, he sent he, he sends his message to the to the church of Ephesus, and he says, "And you guys are doing amazing things. You, know, you guys are doing great. You guys know, you know, you guys are you know attacking Fox doctrine and false all this stuff. But you know what? I have this against you. you you've lost your first love. You lost your love." I really that our church throughout the years kind of became that, and I feel like the book of Ephesians um, really is a book that can help us to uh, see what this the truth that God has for us. You know, it's like this this encouragement and this amazing these words of just saying like, hey, this is you in Christ. I'm going to talk about it today, but Paul says in Christ all over this book. It's like this is you in Christ. This is your identity. This is the truth. This is the truth of what God has done for you. So um, I started that series last week. I was almost I was only able to go through two verses, verses one and two. I talked about grace and peace. Um, if you want to listen to that, it's on the podcast. Um, but today I want to start out my uh, my sermon with a question. Have ever have any of you in your had some kind of a benefit, some kind of an advantage, an award, something that you had? It was yours, right? But you just didn't know or understand that it was yours. Like, like, have you, who's ever won a prize, but you just didn't know that you, you had won? Imagine, like, a, you have a lottery ticket, right? And it's a winning lottery ticket, but it's just in your, in your wallet. You don't even know that it's a winning wallet. It's like, you're just sitting in your wallet, just collecting dust. It's starting to get faded, like those receipts, but it's a winning lottery ticket. It's worth millions, right? Anybody experienced that kind of thing before in your life? Well, that very thing happened to me, right? I want to let you guys know that that very thing happened to me because I received an email. So I want to show you this email. Molly, can you bring the email up to the... So this is actually an email that I got. This is my uh, this is a screenshot of my computer. And This is an actual email that I got, and it reads, Attention Beneficiary, sequel to our series of meetings for the past six months, which just ended with the directors of the Secretary of the United Bank of Africa um, blah, blah, blah. The above organizations after prolonged deliberations on series of complaints received from scam victims and unanimously agreed to compensate all scam victims, let's go to the next slide, with a clear verifiable proof with the sum of 1.5 U.S. dollars, $1,500,000, each from the Federal Republic of is It's the actual country. I was, I was getting excited. Your email was among the list of victims submitted to our office by the United States Fraud Investigation Department. I did not even know. And final investigation by our secret agents, secret agents, the spies involved in this, who has been monitoring your correspondence with via special tracking device, has shown that you are truly a victim of scam. I, when I found this out, I, I had chills. Right now. We have finally succeeded in getting your ATM card with $1.5 million out of delivery. Your ATM card with the help of Adam mole Attorney General. Very unfortunate name. A federal high court of justice, Benin Republic, which acts as your foreign attorney. I did, Once again, I didn't know that he was my foreign attorney. Uh, here in Benin Republic. So every necessary arrangements have been made successfully with the agent, George Anderson. The ATM card is well updated, so you are... An, Advice to reconfirm your full delivery information to the agent right now as he is currently at Atlantic City International Airport, New Jersey, United States of America, with your ATM card. As he called me this morning to inform me that he's there, no no time to waste due to his flight ticket. Just blew my mind. And then uh, and it has like the information I need to send. It has a phone number I didn't want to give it to you because I didn't want you to call him saying that your name is Caleb Lee and claim my $1.5 million. I just want to say that I quit. I'm gone. I'm going to go on extended... I'm going to travel the world with my $1.5 million ATM card. It's been great. It's been great, guys. That's my sermon today. And it's signed by a guy named Richard John. It's an awesome name, dude. Richard John. What's your name? Richard John. Now, I, I like this... Like. We know that this email is not real. It's a scam. But imagine if it was real, right? You know, like, imagine how, like, the Korean word is a word called ashiwa. It's, like, so wasteful. It's so, like, it's such a missed opportunity for me to, for this to be true. And it's been sitting in my junk email folder all this time. And I missed out on this 1.5 million dollar ATM card. Imagine how you would feel. Man, just imagine the missed opportunity, the things I could have done, the things I could have bought, the things I could have eaten, the things I could have seen, if I had scooped up this opportunity. But for many of us, even the most mature believers, sometimes we live our lives in this way. We know Jesus, we know that He died on the cross for our sins, but something happens where we either forget or we don't really truly comprehend the fullness. And, and the blessings and the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. It's like me going, you know, about with my hundred and fifty dollar allowance a month, trying to. That's what I get, hundred and fifty dollars. My wife knows, right? It's not that bad because it's like I get everything paid for, and it's just my spending money to get coffee. So it's not that bad. But trying to scrimp and save and make it all the way to the end of the month, thinking, should I get Starbucks? When all along, there's a secret agent with $1.5 million waiting for me at the Atlantic City Airport. If I truly knew this, I would definitely live my life differently. I'd get Starbucks all the time. <laughs> and it's like that with our lives. A lot of times, we we get so caught up in the things that hap- that happening in our lives. You know, work, money. You know, that guy that was a jerk to you at Starbucks you know, decisions that we have to make, things that are bringing us anxiety, things that are bringing us worries, you know, things that we lose sleep about, things like our failures, our lack, things that we're missing out on. And and we get so like, this gets so like in front of us that so many times even as believers and even as people that are mature in Christ and know their identity, sometimes they lose sight of the amazing blessings and the truth that God has for us. I'm not saying that your circumstances are not important. Your circumstances are important. But those same circumstances look real different when you see it in perspective with the amazing blessings that we have in Christ. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He's trying to convey this to us in Ephesians 1. And that's why, you know, I talked about it in context. And he's, he's writing this from prison. You know, he's, he's, he's writing this where he's sitting in prison. And, uh, and, and he's, he's writing this letter to the, to the saints in Ephesus. And, you know, you know, you guys have to understand prison is not fun, right? Anybody want to go to prison here? Nobody should raise your hand, right? He's sitting here in prison and he's, uh, he's writing this letter and he basically is saying like, I am so blessed. I am so blessed. And you have to understand this is that the, 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 the very special thing about what we what Brianne just read for us, Ephesians one, three to fourteen, in the original language, in, in the Greek, it is one long run on sentence. There's no punctuation, there's no break. It's like this long sentence. It's considered the longest sentence in the Bible. And it is just this sentence that he it's like a poem, it's like this worship, it's a hymn where he just he just like he can't control it, and this thing is just flying out of it out of his hands if like he's writing this, right? It is flying, he just can't stop. He's like, Oh, like this is the truth of God that just comes bursting out of him. Hey, who who remembers English class when run on sentences were bad, right? There's a punctuation. There should be a period here, right? I was really bad at this. Because I I I was an ESL student, right? So English was not my first language. And so I would just go on these comma, comma, and they were like, You know that you only had this is one or two long sentences. I'm like, Oh. But imagine Paul, like he's not doing this because he he's like a you know he's 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 not intelligent. He's not doing this because like he's a bad grammatical writer. We've seen all of his other writings, right? They're like you know he's a good writer. He's an intelligent man. Paul is a very intelligent man. He's a Pharisee. He was the Pharisees of Pharisees. Right? He knew the Bible inside and out. He knew the Scriptures. He knew the the, the Torah and all of the, the the Old Testament. He knew he had it memorized, right? This guy. So it's not a mistake. He writes this long sentence, this one long and it, it is a proclamation. It's like this is this is the blessings that you have in Christ. And he can't control himself. It's, it is a pouring out of the just the, the abundance of life that's coming through him, knowing as he sits in prison, he's doing it on purpose. And it's indicative of the excitement that he has. The pure joy of him communicating this truth to the, the people in Ephesus. This image of the words is exploding from his mouth. It's like John Richard writing me this email. So excited to tell me that there's $1.5 million waiting for me. Have you ever been so excited about something you just can't wait to share it? Just, you know, Ethan does that. He comes from school, He's like, Oh, no. Okay. But there's like this excitement. He wants to tell me what he did at school. Especially when it went on a a field trip. He's like, I went this and I saw that and this was there and you won't believe it. Then I saw this and then I ate this and then they gave me this and then he came home. It's just this excitement. That's what Paul is doing. He's talking about the amazing blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. It's a hymn. It's an exaltation of praise. It's a doxology to the God of the universe. So let's read this again. Brianne read it earlier, but I want want to read it to you. I found this version online, and it's basically the ESV version that Brianne read, uh, with the periods removed and made to flow more like the original. I'm going to read it to you guys. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him, in love, having predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which which He has blessed us in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which has, He has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fulfillment of time unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him, who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory, in whom you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of, of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So this is Paul. He's sitting in prison. He didn't commit no crime. He's an, yes, he didn't commit no crime. He's an innocent man. He's being persecuted. I, mean, I talked about some of this last year. Paul talks about where he boasts about his suffering. And he's like, man, I got beaten. I got whipped. 39, 40 minus one lashes by the Jews five times i got beaten with rods i was shipwrecked i got like you know persecuted i've i've gone hungry i've been cold i've been hot i've been like you know mistreated so many of these things has been how he's this lived this life for the ever since that moment where jesus like bang told him like i am real and he was like ah you know on the road to damascus right and all of a sudden he's been living this life of just just difficulty it has not been easy for paul and then now he at the end of his journey like he lived this life and he doesn't get no MVP prize you know he doesn't he doesn't get like a, the, the the NBA finals trophy you no know, he doesn't get like an award he doesn't get a medal he gets a prison cell and he's sitting here in prison after he's lived this just this difficult almost torturous life you know being left for dead there's a time in the bible where they literally beat him up so bad they think he's dead they're like ha ah! and they just and then he, he's just like He's dead, and then all of a sudden, he's like, he just gets up, he does up, he takes off, he heals, and he goes back to it all, right, all over again. He's lived this life of difficulty, and as he sits in this cell, he's writing this, these words, and he's like, I am so blessed, I am so blessed, the amazing blessings that I have, the amazing blessings that we have in Christ. We have to really look at this. Because if we truly understand this, this can really change the way that we look at our lives and we look at our circumstances. There is a powerful lesson here. But a lot of us sitting in our air-conditioned apartments with our bellies full, tapping away at our $1,000 cell phones, healthy, nobody wants to whip us, nobody wants to beat us, life is good. But so many times we find ourselves saying, like, oh, life sucks, it's so hard. I feel miserable. We need perspective. So let's look at this amazing run-on sentences, sentence by Paul and let's try to see why Paul is so excited about his blessedness. And the life he's been living in the past how many years is is, a situ- is, is, is very difficult. It's been very tough. But he's, he feels so blessed. And I've never been really whipped before. I'm sure it's not <laughs> it's not fun, right? But he's been whipped 39, 40 times one, 40 minus one times five times. I got, I, I think I got, you know, you, you know, in the locker room where they make the rat tail. Yeah, you know, they they take like a wet towel and they make it into this thing and they go. Whoops. I remember when I was, I used to go to YMCA and my friend. Sage we used to go swimming together. And one time he made it. He had learned how to make it from his brother, and he went. And I was like, ah! And I remember screaming out loud. There was this wealth on my butt, and it was like the most painful thing I've experienced in my life. Right? And I like, I didn't want to talk to him for like a week. Right? I'm like, why you do that? He's like, I wanted to see if it worked. I'm like, it does, dude. Right? But imagine getting whipped constantly, 39 times, and not just once, but five times. And then he's sitting there. I am so blessed. The life that I have lived, I've been so blessed. This is a powerful thing. So let's look at what Paul's talking about here, because for some of us, I don't think we know that this blessedness is for us. We don't even know, but we forget. So let's go to the beginning. It says, Blessed be the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is very important. Because, I want to stop here again. We have to say, like, where are our blessings? Right. In what? In, 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 the heavenly places. Paul, Paul talks about this five times in the heavenly places in Ephesians. Talks about it as this, the, the place where Christ is seated. It's the place where he's enthroned, um, be, uh, below all of the evil powers. He's enthroned in the heavenly places. The heavenly places are where we are seated with Christ, right? He's talking about the heavenly places. And, and the, and, The Bible says that God is spirit, and and He exists in the heavenly places. So what He's, what Jesus, what Paul is talking about here is that our blessing, right, is, is not in the natural, but it's in the spiritual realm. Our blessings, like the blessings that He's talking about, are in the spiritual realm. Because we exist in the physical realm. I have, you know, we have flesh and bone. I have a lot of flesh. Same amount of bone as you guys, right? And the blessings that Paul is talking about, he's saying that is like, it, it are not the temporary physical blessings that we can find on this earth. A nice car, right? You know, a nice cell phone, a good job, getting a raise. 1.5 million dollars in an ATM card, right? But what Paul is talking about are the eternal perspectives of blessedness. He says it in Colossians. He says, set your minds on things above and not on things that are on the earth. He's talking about these eternal blessings. What Paul is talking about and what he has access to as he sits in prison writing this letter is is nothing physical. He's talking about the eternal blessings that we have been blessed with in the heavenly places, in the spiritual realm. I'm not saying that God doesn't bless you physically on earth. right? God blesses you. It says in the Bible, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift that you have is from the Lord. My my kids, it, from the Lord. The stroller that that they sit on, from the Lord. My wife is from the Lord. Every blessing that we have, but God gives us physical blessings. But if we if we think that our blessedness is, is dependent on the physical things, we're going to be sorely mistaken. Because you know what things of this world depreciate. Who's who's taking business classes? You know that th- as soon as you buy an asset, it depreciates immediately. We bought a new car. I-, I was a business manager. We bought a new car, and as soon as we got that delivered, just the price of that car started to depreciate. Every mile that you drive your car, it gets your car costs less and less and less, right? We see that our phones, right? When you first got your iPhone 10, it was like, dang, this is cool. I remember when I first got my iPhone 6, I was like. This is amazing. It's so fast. And now I'm just like, ah. Right? Things of this world depreciates, even the things that like we think that are gonna last, in the end, it's not gonna satisfy us, right? In the midst of our suffering, those physical blessings will be no comfort to you. But what Paul is talking about are the spiritual blessings that we have in the spirit. It's it's in Matthew 6:19. Jesus talks about it. Do not lay up your lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where the thieves break and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is this is what Paul is living, as he is sitting in prison. Right? You know, he has maybe some paper and a pen, and they're giving him some food, and you know, prison food is not good, right? And he's sitting there and he's like, oh, but you know what? My blessings, my blessings, this, this blessedness that I feel has nothing to do with his surroundings, has nothing to do with what he has, but it's what he has in the Spirit, what he has inherited in the Spirit in Christ. And, and you know what? It changes his perspective radically. It literally changes his perspective where he's sitting in prison and he's saying, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. This, and he was like, I can't wait, I can't wait to share this blessing with you that I have that I, I just, I can't control myself. And he just, he just writes this, just raw, long, run on sentence saying, this is the blessings that you have in Christ. This is what you are blessed in. As you know that you are in Christ, this is the blessing that you have. So many times we forget this. So many times I forget this. I get so caught up in, in, in things and, raising my family you know, they're all important things but so many times I, i'm like i'm like oh. like I, I feel like i feel run down i feel like tired i feel like' just kind of like beaten sometimes and i just feel like oh, i don't know what's going on and I, I realize i'm just focusing so much on my circumstances and the things in my life and things that i need to do that i i, I like rare uh, there's these moments where i don't i don't look at the amazing blessings that we have in christ and what it actually means because when we start when we continue to live with that blessing upon our hearts and our minds it changes the way that we do things right? so our blessings are not on this earth they are but they're not the the blessing that really matters that what Jesus talks about that the blessing that we store up in heaven it's, it's in the spiritual realm and it is what's going to help us as we as we live our lives and as we face struggles and as we face struggles Suffering as we face persecution. These are the things, the spiritual blessings. In the heavenly places is what we have access to. Number two. Next, Paul talks about these blessings and he talks about it in Christ. In Christ. Everyone say, in Christ. Blessed be the fa- God the, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is a very important aspect of what Paul is talking about. In Christ. Paul writes in Christ, or in Him, or some kind of a version of in Christ, 29 times in this letter. 29 times he talks about being in Christ, or in Him, or or through Him, or, or, you know, like under Him. He's talking about being in Christ 29 times. Just in verses 3 to 14, I counted it last night, he uses this term in Christ 11 times. And he's talking about the amazing blessings that he has. They're in Christ. As a matter of fact, if you read all of his letters, I heard this, you know, I didn't go through counting all of these, right? You know, I I don't have the patience for it. Somebody did. And this person says that Paul mentions in Christ or some form of in Christ 216 times in all of his, his letters. It's an important phrase. And when somebody says something over and over and over again, right, when I tell Mina something, Mina says, you're a nagger. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I am. I'm a nagger. But I'll say things, I'll be like, come on, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you got because it's important to me, right? And when Paul says this over and over and over and over again in Christ, it's very important to, me. it's something that we need to really catch. What it is to be in Christ. And it is something that we cannot forget. And I believe what, he, why the reason why he keeps on saying it, in Christ, you know, in Christ you have been blessed. In Christ you have been redeemed. You know, In Christ you have an inheritance. The reason why he keeps on saying in Christ is because you know what? A lot of times we will forget. When we start to think about the things that we are in. I'm in this city. I'm in my workplace. I'm in this relationship. I'm in this store and I want to buy that thing and I want to be in that car. And there's so many things that we, we are in. So many times we forget that we are in Christ. And so and so Paul says this over and over again. He's like, In Christ, your your blessings are in Christ. Your salvation is in Christ. Your inheritance, your adoption is in Christ. In Christ means that we have what we have is not what we have done, but what has been done for us. In essence, in Christ is like the shortest way to talk about the gospel shortest way to talk about the heart of the gospel. Our salvation is in Christ. Our joy. Where is our joy? Where is our joy? Where is my joy? A lot of times I think my joy, I get confused sometimes. I'm telling you, we forget, right? A lot of times I feel like my joy is in my kids, is in my wife, and then when they stop being like nice to me, I'm like, oh, my joy is gone. We do that, right? Some of the times your joy is in your relationship. You have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're like, oh, my my, my my boyfriend is so handsome and he's so cute and he's so nice to me, he's so sweet. I have so much joy in him. And then as soon as he starts being a turd, you're like, Ah right? But then we have we can't forget that our joy is in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Our salvation is in Christ. Our peace is in Christ. Our redemption is in Christ. Verse seven it says, In him we have in him we have redemption. In him, that's where he In him, it's like in Christ. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And we get so caught up in our circumstances, we get so caught up in things in our lives, and we forget about in Christ. We think about we think that it's in money. We think that it's in our job. Think that it's in our education. It's in our marriage. It's in my friends. It's in my Facebook. It's in my Instagram. So many things that we think that it's in, but we fail to realize. We forget. We know it, but we forget it's in Christ. In Christ, He has blessed us. In Christ, we have been redeemed. A lot of times, I'm like, I feel I lost my joy. It's because I couldn't. I'm putting my joy not in Christ, but in so many things that that, that I find around me, I and mean, those things, and they will fail you guys. You know, I'm telling you, my wife fails me all the time, and I fail my wife all the time. You, this is a part of marriage, right? I'm telling you, man. You guys think marriage is going to be perfect? You will fail your spouse, and your spouse, your, your spouse, your spouse will fail you. I guarantee you. Your kids. Will fail you. He's failing me right now. He's crying. That's that's Ethan, right? But we that's that can't be where our blessing and our identities and our the things that are the it can't be in the things of this. Where even our most precious things, our blessings that we have in God, they will fail you. But in Christ, we have to know that that's where that's where like that's the that's the that's that's where the blessings that Jesus is talking about is stored. In the heavenly places, where where the things of this world, the thieves and the moth and the rust, they can't get to it, and it's in Christ. Paul sitting in prison, you know, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so blessed," and he's like, he, he's saying this sentence in such a a powerful way, and he's like, "In Christ, in Christ, in Christ." Because he knows that his circumstances do not dictate where his spirit is. Circumstances is just his circumstances, but in Christ, he's saying, "I have a blessing that is beyond this world." We have to understand, and we have to keep in mind. This is something that we have to continue to realize and hold fast to: is that we are in Christ. I'm going to unpack this more as we go, continue to go through this book, and as we continue to look at the other, the, the writings that Paul writes, is that. If we forget in Christ, we get confused. If we get, if we forget in Christ, we get tired. We lose our joy. And that's what he's saying is, we have been blessed. In Christ, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's amazing, right? Next, we are chosen. Even as that, as even as He chose us in Him, once again, in Christ, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. We're, we're, we're chosen. It says, Before the foundation of the world, God knew you and chose you. Who plays basketball here? Anybody play basketball? I don't know Quinton plays basketball. Jam's good at basketball. And when you play basketball, right, you guys pick teams, right? It's good to be chosen, right? JM has never picked me. i play played basketball with him many times. Never picked me once, right? Because it goes like this. It's like, it's like AJ, I choose AJ. He's good. I want AJ, right? Like, I want Quentin. And the next guy's like, I'll pick Quentin. He's nine feet tall, right? And then they go down the choosing, and then the last two, right, which is usually me. He's like, we don't get chosen, we just get assigned. They're like, okay, you go there, and then you go there, right? It happens to me every time. I'm like, oh. and then I'll be like, oh, just go there. I'm like, okay. I'm not good at basketball, right? You can tell, right? But it feels good to be chosen, right? It feels good to be wanted. But the Bible said that God chose us even before the foundation of the world. Even before He was like, you know what? I'm gonna create this world, and it's gonna look like this. Even before that, He chose us. He knew you and chose you. You were, assi- you were not assigned. You didn't like, okay, you just go there. He chose us. It was purpose and intent to who you were going to be. Not only did He know you, but He chose you. He predestined you. And here's the amazing part. He says that He chose us according to the purpose of His will. And that purpose wasn't to be a slave. It wasn't even to be a servant. God didn't choose you to be like, okay, I want you to uh, I I choose A.J. and he's going to be a servant. Yes, we're supposed to have a servant's heart. But then the purpose of his will, it says that he predestined us as adoption as sons of God. For us to be his sons and receive his love. He says, in love he predestined us. This passage tells us amazing things. You know, it talks about how we've been redeemed. In Him we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. That's amazing! We're all destined to go to hell and then He, 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 we've been redeemed. You know what that word redeemed means, right? I, I, I have a, like, like, it, it it really is. Who's gone to, uh, who's gone to America and gone, gotten a bottle and went to one of those places where you the bottle, and then they give you money back. Has anybody done that? It's amazing, right? Like there used to be a place in by my house where you could take a bottle, you take it, and you put it in. It, was that a long time ago? and They don't have that anymore. They what? I oh, took all the fun out of it, right? Because I remember I used to go, and I used to take a can, and I used to put it in there, and then it'd be like, and then like a like a nickel would come out. I'm like, that's. That's what redemption is. It says, it has a redemption, but redeem means like taking something that is like, like nothing and then, and then making it something valuable. Redeeming it, right? Yeah, we've been redeemed. We've been forgiven, right? That's amazing. But that's just the beginning. You guys know that? Forgiveness and it's just the beginning because he's predestined us and he says for us, not just to just like have this like meaningless existence, but to be sons of God. That talks about our identity. That talks about how valuable we are to God. He redeemed us. We we're, were cans. You know, we were just basically garbage, right? To God we are. We were. We were, we were really worthless to God. We were sinful. God couldn't have nothing to do with us. But by His grace and by His will, by nothing that we've done, He, gone, he took He took the can of Ted and he put it in the machine. And then what came out was a son. That's, that's redemption. And he says he predestined us not to have this existence to like, you know, like try to work and try to like please God. Like, oh God, like, like, like find value in me. I'm doing this for you. I'm like working this for you, God. No, he predestined us to have the identity and to be sons. He accepts us fully by the by the grace of Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross. You know there's a lot of orphans in Korea. JM he works with Jerusalem Ministry and he goes to the children's homes where there's a, a lot of, you know, kids that are orphaned. And and, and they go and they, they minister to them. The oak tree project is like a thing where these kids that come out of children's homes, they send them to college. and You never have this opportunity. Right? Amazing. I honor this man. He used to be my disciple leader. He used to meet with me every week and tell me he would rebuke me. It's identity. I'm like, ah, right? It's all about identity, right? But there's a lot of orphans that create. And I use this quote in my sermons before on loneliness. And it's a sermon by Mother Teresa. It says, Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. The biggest disease today is not leprosy or tuberculosis, but rather the feeling of being unwanted. and for some of us, you know we may not actually be orphaned, but like we feel unwanted. but there is one of these spiritual blessings that Christ that Paul is talking about is like in Christ and it's like God chose you even before he formed the world, he knew you, he chose you, he chose you for the incredible amazing jaw-dropping purpose of being his son, being his child, and him being our father. That's how he sees us. He sees us as a father. That's a father's love. An amazing love. He adopts us into his family. And as, as sons, what he has purposed and called us to take part in, it says, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, according to the purpose of Him who works all things, according to the counsel of His will. This is His will. This is what He wants, right? This is the purpose, right? This is God's purpose, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. I don't think you guys fully caught that. As sons, we have the amazing task of bringing God glory. You guys understand that? That as sons of God, our, our purpose this is the purpose that he predestined this is this is what God right saying like you know what I'm gonna redeem this guy and you know he's like he's not just gonna play basketball for me right he's not just gonna like work for me but no this guy right here is gonna be my son and he's gonna bring me glory that is amazing you guys understand that we bring glory to God the most amazing the, the the glorious one the most glorious one that like, my brain, like, shuts down when I think about it, right? Like, there is no other glorious one, right? He is the glorious one. There's, like, he's glory upon glory upon glory. But then, he, he predestined us to, like, be his son and then bring him glory. That's amazing. That is the calling that he's saying, this is for my purpose and my will, is that my son will bring me glory. That blows my mind. You know what? And as Paul's sitting in prison, That's what he's thinking. He's like, these are the things as he's able to overcome his circumstances. He's like, you know what? I've been predestined. God chose me before the foundation of the world. He chose me as a son. He adopted me into this family. He gave me a purpose. And that purpose isn't to strive. Isn't to like you know try to work. But you know what? That purpose is to be like him and bring him glory. That's awesome. That blows my mind, man. And it should change the way we see the natural world around us. It should change the way that we see our circumstances. It should per, it should bring perspective to our circumstances. I'm not saying ignore your circumstances. I'm not saying just like quit your job, anything that bothers you. Ah, I don't want to deal with it. This is the glory of God. No, but it should frame your circumstances. You guys understand your your worries. The things that you feel like you lack, the things that you, you don't have enough of, the things that you you are you feel anxious about, the things that you feel like insecure about, all of these things should be framed by this blessing that God has in Christ for you. It's an amazing thing. And according to the Word of God, God knew you, He chose you, He said, You will be blameless, you'll be holy before me. Well, we're not blameless and we're not holy. So what did he do? He took it upon himself and sent us a son. He made us a, he made a way for us to be able to stand before him and be blameless and holy through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he loves us. He says he did all of this. He says, in love, we have been predestined to, as adoption, as sons of God. It's for His purpose. You know, there will be times where we forget. There will be times where things of this world will, may overwhelm us. We're not perfect. Right? There will be, be times where we get caught up in things, and we'd we'll be like, "Man, this is hard." You may get caught up in like sometimes, like I'll get into an argument with my wife, and I'm like, "Ah, Lord!" Like I don't know what to do. Sometimes Ethan will be such a like a He's, he's illogical in his tantrums, right? Or sometimes I'm like, okay, this is what you want, this is what you wanted. He's like, ah! And I'm like, you don't want this, and I take it away. He's like, ah! and Like there, there's no logic to his tantrum, right? Really isn't. Toddlers is they're the most illogical create like created beings in the universe, man. Right? And I feel frustrated and I feel like overwhelmed. But we have to understand that we are blessed. There's a blessing that can overcome any circumstances. Sickness. Cancer. You guys think, oh, that's too big. No. That's the amazing thing about it, is that our blessings are in Christ and the heavenly places where the things of this, even our bodies. You know, Our bodies depreciate as soon as we're born. That's why we cry when we're born. As soon as we're born, our bodies are like, you know, some of you guys have depreciated a lot less than me. But you guys will depreciate, man. J.M. talks about his white hairs. You're not gonna look, you're still good, you're gonna be good looking at 60, but you're not gonna look like that, right? Like even our bodies will fail us. But what Paul talks about here is this blessedness that is found in the heavenly places, and it's in Christ, and the world cannot take it away. Let's pray. Lord, we just, we pray, and Lord, as we look at this amazing book, and as we look at the amazing words that your Holy Spirit had given us through the Apostle Paul, Lord, help us to not forget that we are in Christ. And help us to not forget that this world is just a blip in time where we get, we live in this way, but we are eternal beings with an eternal perspective that you call us to have. Call us to set our minds on the things above and not on the things of this earth. You say that look at what you have been predestined for. So Lord, I I pray that as we look into this word, that you will help us to apply this to our lives. That in all of the anxieties and the difficulties that we face in in our lives, help us to know that we are in Christ. And that the blessings that you have for us, the amazing blessings that you have for us, the world cannot take away. Help us to not forget. Help us to set our minds on that, Lord. And help us to live our lives as sons of God, adopted and redeemed for Your purpose, the the Your will and purpose, which which was for us to be the praise of Your glory. We thank You. We we're so amazed of how much You love us. We give You all the glory and the honor.